0: Talking landscape photography with Christian Fletcher, Christian Fletcher and, and Carl Carl Talking landscape photography, and we're very excited because our next guest basically uh, strapped his Phase One to a big FT, a BFT. That's a a big telescope, and took uh, <laughs> and took photos of the moon. Andre Juman. Before we um, Hello sir in, Hello before, sirs. before we All get right. into this, mate, um, did you see any evidence of the moon landing?
1: I I had to sign a contract where I'm not allowed to discuss I that. Knew it. <laughs> move along. You've been silent. No, um, no. <laughs> you, uh, I, I did actually ask about that, and uh, apparently, even even if you tried really hard, even with a the hundred inch, there is just no way that you'd be able to see any sort of lunar landing or in any way, shape, or form. It's just mm. too far away. Yep. Yeah. But really that's right. what the Americans say. So I'm gonna yeah. take that with a pinch of salt. <laughs>
2: Well, didn't they um, fire a laser off and get laser sort of like, didn't they leave a target, a laser target on the moon somewhere? And Did then... they?
1: They, they? actually Yeah, they actually, it was actually funny that you mentioned that because it was done with NASA at Mount Wilson. Um, basically, they they shot a probe in the south of the moon and then it exploded and all the dust was then collected by another probe that was, was sitting a few hundred or a few kilometers above. Yeah sort of orbiting it and collecting mm-hmm. collecting all the dust. And they 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 observed all of that from this particular observatory that I that I've been working on for the last year now. Jesus, goodness me. Yeah. So it's uh it's just a it's just a fascinating place. I, I highly recommend anyone to go. It's free to the public um oh, really to, to to go check it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now and honestly before I even started this project, I didn't even know quite how important this place really was. I mean, the 60, just just for reference, the 60 inch is basically the grandfather of all telescopes. Every Mm. telescope basically since the 60 inch has been copied as in terms of the design, in terms of the way that a telescope should be. So this is really sort of the grandfather of of modern um, telescopes around the world. And then the 100 inch is where Hubble did all his research on, so yeah. on this particular telescope is where he first discovered that the universe is expanding. I mean, and, and amongst other, you know, massive discoveries, it's 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 a very surreal kind of place. You really are stepping back in time.
0: Okay, we we've established the moon landing didn't happen. Um, <laughs> yes. How did this project come about, Andre? I'm sorry, said it again. How, how did we what? How did this project come about? Did they just call you and say, look, do you want to come and take some high res photos at our BFT?
1: No, goodness me. You know me better than that. I reached out to them because I thought, you know what? I want a new challenge and I want to try something different. Um, obviously, stuff's been shot through telescopes before on 35mm um, because mm. a lot of the adapters are fitted for 35mm, so Nikon and Canon. Um, but I've never seen it be done with a medium format. And I just mm. wanted to know, I wanted to sort of feel it on my own skin. As to, well, why? Why hasn't it been done before? And I... <laughs> very quickly realized why (laughs) um so it was me reaching out to them it was for two reasons really i mean i really wanted to shoot the telescopes themselves just because again after i did the research sort of learning of the importance of them i they they really didn't have fantastic photography or or very high high level photography and i Mm. wanted to just Mm. do that so they can use it for their own marketing but then at the same time Mm. you know being able to i wanted to see what 151 megapixel image of the moon and other planets and you know the rest of the cosmos looks like through one of these gigantic telescopes why hasn't it been done before mm. so um that, that was again it was just a, a personal project that i wanted to take on and um, sort of wanted to keep expanding make mistakes and learn
2: something new yeah well i was just um, went to your website then i was just watching the video as you were talking that you've got yeah. on your website um which is fantastic. It gives you a really great insight of, of what that place looks like and, mm. and how you actually – it looked like you obviously had to uh, get an adapter to adapt, put the, the well, actual back on. Yeah,
1: quite quite honestly. I mean, that was really one of the the reasons why it took as long as it did. I'm sure we could have done this in three or four months, to be honest, but the reason why it took so long is because we had to – There's you know, the phase one is not meant to go on this telescope. Let's just let's just keep it simple. Yeah. So all of these pieces had to be basically custom milled, which take a long time. It was, it was still during sort of the height of COVID, mm. yep. so a lot of places that they used previously weren't operational or were very slow because of personnel shortage and whatever else. Mm. So it was just a question of them cutting something. Does it work? Does it fit? The first two or three didn't work. One yep. wasn't a tight seal, or it didn't. It wasn't doing exactly what we wanted it to do. So it was it was that constant going back and forth making a mistake this worked out really well but then we found three other problems with it that had to get sort of resolved so Hmm. it was it was that kind of collection of problem solving really what what were the problems what
0: What were the main problems
1: the focusing is very difficult obviously as you can understand i can't control my aperture because (laughs) the aperture is literally this gigantic piece of mirror yeah um so there's no way for you to really make those sort of adjustments in terms of f-stops there's Mm. just one f-stop um the focusing was very tricky and very difficult there's a lot of atmosphere i I, honestly that once we got the milled pieces right and we knew that that worked the next thing was really trying to find focus and that to me was incredibly complicated Mm. because of the position of where this is so we're not you know in the bahamas or in the philippines where you have really clear atmosphere Mm. even though we're very high up above los angeles you still get a lot of pollution uh honestly it's not even light pollution that's the problem it's just the actual pollution itself and Mm. it's very hot here you know temperatures do get up so that you know we had to get there by around 12 o'clock one o'clock in the morning for it to have cooled down enough so we don't get you know this this thing called swimming which is basically all these vibrations that you see through your viewfinder Mm. and it's just very difficult to try and find actual focus. You never really know if you are in focus, really.
2: So did you just kind of like just adjust the focus um uh, it, it actually you're not actually focusing the lens, are you? you're focusing the the um telescope the, the BFT. Right?
1: Well, I'm actually no, I'm actually focusing the distance that I'm moving the sensor away from the plane of focus of the oh, telescope so it's oh. that it's that kind of pushing back it, imagine like it's with bellows right it's imagine like yep. you're doing bellows that's
2: really what it comes down to right um, and so um but, and and did you find the sweet spot or did you just just keep going and and just took a million well
1: stops? yeah the sweet spot's really tough just because of this constant swimming i mean if you yeah. if, if you can imagine i'm sure you get this a lot more than what we do you know when you're looking down a long road in australia you get all that atmosphere, all that swimming, right? Mm-hmm. So imagine trying to find focus on that. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, really yeah. that's really what the moon looks like through the yeah. telescope.
2: Yeah, I'm so. looking at the uh, the photos of, of the actual place that mm-hmm. you've done, and uh, and all I can think of is, geez, why didn't you take some stormtroopers with you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it looks like it looks like that kind of you know oh, evil man. base, doesn't it? In some it ways, it,
2: that, And that, that the the telescope, I, I'm assuming it's the telescope, the big blue thing is. That looks yeah, like that um, that thing on the Death Star that yeah, you know, the big- <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. Actually, your project would have been perfect here. You should, yeah. uh, you should do a US version of it. I'll, uh, I'll get you access.
2: Yeah, I think um, we, yeah, we, we got a telescope over here up in, up in the hills in, above Perth. But I think it's a little tiddler, isn't it, Carmen? Is it? They just have you been there, Carmen?
0: Uh, no, um, I think it's pretty good, though, I'll but um, yeah, we, like should, we should go out there with a Canon 5D Mark II. Some, <laughs> oh, goodness. Hey, Andre, um, was that... I haven't that- heard that in a while. <laughs> Mate, that was at the Griffith Observatory, is that correct? No, 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 no. This
1: was at Mount Wilson. Ah. The Griffith Observatory is, is, a, is, is a very famous spot here in Los Angeles, but mm. the telescope is nowhere near as powerful mm. as, as these mm. two telescopes, the 60 and the 100
2: yeah yeah so and, i um, really
1: needed something to beat further into into space
2: yeah so what are you going to do with the work is it now that you is the project completed or have you no not at all
1: yeah. no the, the the reason i i knew this was going to be quite complicated and time consuming from from the very outset so for me i really wanted to start off this project with the moon Mm-hmm. um it's big i know where it is it's bright i don't have to do crazy long you know crazy long uh, exposures mm-hmm. uh and i can repeat it as within reason as frequently as, as i'd like I, as in you know when i first started close to uh, a year ago jupiter and um saturn were completely underneath us We we couldn't mm-hmm. even see it on this on this side so we had to wait months for them to come back up mm-hmm. so again with the moon it was it was an easy an easier subject to start off with. Um, mm-hmm. Now that we've kind of done the moon and we've learned as much as we have, mm. the next step that we're actually focusing on is actually the sun. So mm-hmm. they have a very specialized telescope Jeez. that can actually shoot um, the the surface of the sun. So you can see all the individual, dare I call it, cells, as, as you've seen the sort of photos of the sun where you see the individual...
0: What sort of filter can you going to use? Like a 10-stopper
1: or...? No filter. There's no way to put
2: filter. I'm
1: just
0: kidding. How do you I, I can imagine that though.
2: Yeah. How big would that filter be? Yeah. Um, the good thing about the sun is that you don't have to get up at one o'clock in the morning and shoot it.
0: That's so true. That's true. No,
1: no, it's very true. I, I, and again, it takes me close to an hour and a half to two hours just to get there. Yeah. So I'd get there by around 10 p.m. You know, would have to wait until around 11 to do, do setup. And there are many times when I got home at three or four in the morning. I must have been there at least forty times now. So, yeah. if you think the number of journeys and time that yeah. I've spent there, it's it's time consuming and it's and it, you're tired and it gets cold up there and whatever else. Whereas with the sun, yeah, you're absolutely right. Eleven, twelve o'clock in the afternoon, yep. I can shoot it and I don't need a long exposure again. So,
2: yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Wow. Well, it's it's just incredible. That, and this is just you. And did you ever did you ever hear about that Japanese guy that's. Taking a whole bunch of artists on the first uh, Starship flight around the moon. Did you ever hear about that? That thing. No. That came? So yeah. So what? I, I looked at it because um, I thought uh oh, you know, I thought wow that would be a really cool thing to do. Although I I, I don't know if I could do it. Um. So I actually how much will that cost? But, um, no, it's free. So he he's a billionaire, what? and he was he he was so he's chartered the the first. Um, commercial flight of Starship around the moon, mm. and um, oh. he's taking I think twelve artists with him. So there's you know, musicians, writers, painters, photographer, um, dancers, all this sort of stuff, and and just to see what they come up with as they fly around the moon for six day. I think it's a six day trip or something like that. Um, um Goodness, and oh, uh, and yeah, so <laughs> anyone could apply. So I went to apply, and it was already they'd already got everyone that they wanted. to. So but that would that's your project that would have your name written all over it that's a sort of i would have been i mean that would have been
1: pretty epic regardless of uh shooting anything but uh yeah it's just i mean i've never seen the moon in that kind of level of detail and yeah. i don't know how many people really have i mean they were the scientists that i was working with they were telling me that the highest resolution image that nasa ever took was apparently this 100 megapixel uh image and it's mm-hmm. they they gave me a sort of kilometer per pixel Mm -hmm. level of detail. And with the hundred, we're we're beating that in terms of, in terms of just how far we can really punch into it. But it's just a, it's just an incredible thing to actually see up close and to see how many craters Mm -hmm. there really are there. And, you know, media that struck it and it sort of kept going for a few hundred miles, (laughs) basically of this trail yeah. Um, it's just really, it's just a cool thing to see, and I'm yeah. excited for the for the sun too, because again, I'll, I'll see the sun in a way that I would have um, never seen it before. What was
0: it? What was it like? What were the emotions you felt when you actually saw the surface of the moon? I'll give you a bit of a backstory. When I was a kid, my dad gave me a telescope, and I uh, set it up on a hill and actually looked at the surface of the moon. And I was just just blown yeah. away. I mean, obviously, that's nothing compared to. I mean, you could actually see the proper textures. That must be mind-blowing.
1: Yeah, well, I think I think it's just a, the moon is just one of those items that would we just know from birth, right? But we never really, I guess, no one really pays that much attention to it in terms of just what it really looks like. You know, not yeah. many people study it unless you're in that field. So yeah. it's it sort of you know it's there, but you don't quite pay that, you know, you don't think about it too too often. Mm. But then when you actually see it, especially through some of these incredibly powerful telescopes, it yeah. it just changes your whole perception of how pathetically mm. insignificant we are yeah. <laughs> and that's just the moon you know i mean we we beat we went way out to to saturn and and, and jupiter and some of the other star clusters and i i, I got the cat's nebula mm-hmm. which needed like you know multiple five minute exposures and all that kind of stuff and it's yeah. just you know they're telling me how far away these things are and like, oh yeah that one's like a, 1200 light years away and that oh, one's yeah. like that's close to 2 million light years away and i'm like yeah. just just stop and think for a second what that means i mean just 1200 yeah. light years away that means yeah. you're traveling at the speed of light continuously for 1200 years i, yeah. I mean <laughs> That's a long how time. do you how do you how do you bottle that I, yeah. I don't know it's 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 just incredible yeah
2: it is i mean i yeah the, i don't know how anyone could think that we are the only things in this universe that um that are intelligent and capable of doing things mm-hmm. um it because just... they're
1: Christian and they read the Bible.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well um yeah, right. yeah, well that's quite possible. <laughs> Cue the new <laughs> oh. Um Yeah, so um what's the um what's what else has been going on, mate? You've been you've been shooting the moon. You obviously that's not the only thing you do because you're doing that at one o'clock in the morning and surely you've got some time during the day to do stuff as well are you feeding the cat well, or are you just you know? it,
1: well uh, yeah they, they are waiting to get fed they're looking at me pretty angrily right now but if i can just go back just just a just a final point on on the um on the mount wilson why i think this was quite an interesting project is because of the kind of gear that we had to use so mm. for actually shooting through the telescope i couldn't use the the phase one um main body because it just doesn't it doesn't fit so I had to use a technical. I had to use a technical camera for that with the IQ4 back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But then when I'm shooting the actual uh, telescopes themselves in their in their location, mm-hmm. I use the XT. So again, another another field camera, technical camera, where you can change your plane of focus ten degrees. I'm sorry, five degrees left, right, up, and down. Mm-hmm. So basically, those images. There's um, not. It's deceptive how small the space dome actually is because obviously they don't need it to be gigantic Mm. so you're quite close to the telescope um but by being able to stitch the images i did up i think up to like 40 images Mm. where you stitch them all across and you compose them all together it really feels like it's a much bigger space so Mm. using different types of equipment and different types of lenses um was quite was quite a challenge in terms of you know your mindset has to change uh in terms of what you're really trying to do so it was Mm. It was a challenging project but I, I you know i really enjoyed that aspect of it but uh to answer your question yeah this is obviously still an ongoing project and in fact we're talking about doing the sun sometime next week mm. um and then you know i don't know how it's how it is for you guys over there it sounds like you're in some sort of lockdown at some point um in different parts of the country but mm. but things are still pretty kind of messed up over here i mean there's delta and now the mu delta is getting it's getting more news coverage and god mm. knows how bad that's going to be but There's just not a tremendous amount of jobs. So for me, it's just continuing to stay creative. And I've done multiple projects uh, in my studio with the Bacardi bottles was the latest thing that I did where um, we shot the Bacardi bottles and then we did over a hundred different splashes that were comped in together. And then the fruit were also comped in. So playing with the backgrounds of the different flavors and the different colors of that. So we did that. Um, I'm still working on the Nike Kobe's. I was very fortunate to get my hands on some of the rarest uh, Nike Kobe shoes. Yeah. And again, it's been shot a million times. How do you do that differently? And what I decided to do was actually physically print um, those swooshes that you see. They're actually real. They're not CG. So I actually printed uh, over a hundred of each individual color that were then thrown up in the air and sort of caught, to to sort of surround the shoe itself and we'd have a whole video that we shot on a robot arm with a phantom that can shoot a thousand frames a second so we're working on that video yeah um i have 10 literally right now i have i was just checking before i got on with you guys i've got 10 projects that i'm working on right now so it never it never really stops on my end
2: yeah (laughs) i always get inspired listening to you and, and looking at what you do because you you do go to a lot of trouble to make these beautiful images and and they're just so clean and and pretty i mean they're the color thank you just the, the clarity and all that is that's inspiring I mean, there's not many um, commercial photographers out there that I reckon that would go to as much trouble as you do to to get your stuff and that's probably right. why you you know your work is so so incredible you know um, oh, thank you
1: yeah, I, no. I just think it's the only way to do it yeah. it's not I don't see it as as difficult or complicated or complex it's just I have an idea of what the image needs to look like in terms of composition and color and and cleanliness of the file itself and it's just oh. if that's what you want that in, as far as as far as i've been able to find out i haven't found a better way of doing it this is what it takes to make it
2: happen i just yeah yeah you know and you, so. you've been traveling haven't you You've been away recently didn't you go to iceland or somewhere or? I,
1: I yeah which was a weird one because i wasn't my, my wife obviously she's in a medical field and she's very worried about the variant and and how bad it is she gets you know she's on morning calls with all the er doctors and nurses yeah. and everything so she's against travel uh, i i managed to slip away right before the variant actually became a problem so i was vaccinated and yep. my, my little nephew was vaccinated and i promised him once he gets vaccinated i'll take you to iceland because he always knows that i travel there so i mm. ended up just going with him and quite frankly it wasn't really a photography trip per se it was more of just hanging out with him. I haven't seen him in a year and a half, but I took mm. my camera with me. The weather was just awful. <laughs> <laughs> out of the seven days, I mean, it was overcast and raining at least five and a half of them. We mm. might have had a little bit of every mm. now and again a break in the break in the cloud, but yeah. so I, I got lucky. I decided to take my my full spectrum back with me, and I I brought my IR filter with me, and I tried shooting it with the regular camera. I tried shooting it with the IQ4 and the light was just so flat there was just nothing interesting about it so Mm -hmm. i very quickly made a decision to just shoot it all in infrared yeah right and i've done some research i haven't seen anyone really doing that not by any means am i not a pioneer because i'm sure there are people that have shot it but it just it's not very often that you see some of these unique locations Mm -hmm. in iceland shot in infrared so Mm. because of the weather it forced me to kind of switch things up and I, i i like the way they came out yeah, well, they, I'm, they I'm certainly have at, a unique look
2: I'm looking at them now it looks like you, you you've got some nice cloud it's um definitely um you know. well the infrared
1: helps that's really where the infrared comes in because you can really you can really play with the contrast and the infrared really brings out that sort of tonal change that you have within the skyline uh, as opposed to if I just shot that regular it would it would you won't be able to see that as well it would just be very flat yeah
2: yeah so I haven't mucked around with it much I've done done a, done a little bit in the past but um, Not enough. There was a guy. There was a guy that did some in Iceland um, with infrared. It was color. um, And oh,
1: yeah. So that was a full spectrum, as opposed to well, unless it was a different um, nanometer that he was using on the filter, because you can get different. You can get like warming ones. You can get red. You can get yellows. Uh, My one was just a a pure eight ninety
2: nanometer. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He his stuff was all um really cyan and purple. Yeah. Yeah. Um the trees are red, or, right? And all that stuff. Yeah, and it was really it was really striking. That was that that was the first time I'd seen it. I was going, oh, that's you know, and it was really dark. Really a lot the real mm. uh, and and some really dramatic light. It was it was it was nice. But um yeah, I'm just looking at your stuff. It's beautiful as well. So all right. and, uh and so anywhere else you've been traveling or just to Iceland? Uh just to
1: I mean again, after I came back, the variant really kind of kicked in and mm. Susan, we were meant to go away. She she hasn't had a vacation in about a year and a half now and we wanted to get away in somewhere relaxing on an island where we don't have a lot of people so obviously not Europe but uh, Uh kind of decided against it and so what we're doing is we're actually just going to take a road trip to Utah which we haven't done uh, in a while I I love Utah personally so we're going at the end of the month and Um, they're just some really unique rock formation. So if anyone loves rocks, I I can't recommend Utah, New Mexico, Arizona enough. It's not that you guys don't have rocks, but
0: it's really, really epic. Now, we've got got Sugarloaf rock. (laughs) 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 Andre, just back to the the infrared stuff, mate, Um, you've got a a photo of the LAX um, building. You shot yes. Now, how did you shoot that? Because that's quite a, from what I've heard, that's quite a tricky structure, isn't it? You sort of have to get on its level almost or uh,
1: yeah you actually have to um, I'm going to pull it up right now just to make sure I'm looking at the same one as you are you I actually got to the top of a car park mm. so if you get to the top of a car park you will get you, you can have access to be able to see uh, you're talking about the rotating the old rotating restaurant right yeah the thing that it looks yeah. like a, 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 spacecraft. a spacecraft yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah. I, I managed to make my way to the top of a car park and just set up and shoot straight through it basically mm. um there are not many places where you can do that and i was kind of ushered away gently by the security guards yeah. so it's uh it can be a hit or miss kind of situation but yeah but the the original infrared stuff that i did was really about uh, going to some of the unique locations in los angeles you, so you're gonna see a, yeah are You you to the Capitol
0: I, records building too was that a shot i saw of yours
1: yeah, yeah, Capitol I mean, yeah, Records, the Broad Museum, uh, I've got Griffith, Dean and Outburger, Randy's Donut, um, the Broad again. The Broad Museum is just such a wonderful building. It's the first image there with all the different honeycomb sort of structure. Mm. Um, it shoots really well with a regular camera, but the black and white, and especially the infrared, where you turn the sky black, it just,
0: yeah.
1: I don't know, it just has a different sort of feel to it that um, that I really love. It's, it's a great building to shoot.
2: Mm. Yeah. Hey, you've you've gone to a place that I wanted to go to, um, Sultan Sea. Yes. Uh, and how, what how a trip that... that is.
0: Yeah. Sultan Sea. What is that? It's yeah. Sultan
1: Sea. It's a uh, Bombay Beach is the name of the actual um, beach that it is. It's basically in this. I think in the fifties or sixties was the hotspot for celebrities and musicians and actors to go and sort of relax Salt-on-sea. by the lake, and it was a very sort of high-end sheep place and then because of pollution and because of um over farming in the area the whole lake just got basically it became toxic so all the fish died mm. it's, it's awful to go into and it's mm. just it's just turned into this i don't apocalyptic yeah. town i it's it's the it's a very eerie place and again i'm sure you guys have plenty around in, in australia as well but it, this one is just there's just something weird about it
2: that yeah. it's kind of hard to describe. Did you um, spend much time there or were you just driving through? Or?
1: No, I, I actually, <laughs> I specifically went. It's, Salton Sea is um, in the southeast of um, Palm Springs. So from where I am, it takes about two three hours, let's say, to get there, three, maybe three and a bit each way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went, I, I first learned about it was I was driving through and I didn't spend enough time. And then I specifically went back just to shoot that swing in the in the lake uh oh, yeah, which is yeah. one of the yeah, one of the first image. images there yeah yeah it's it's just and, and amazingly enough i i went back a few weeks after that and the lake has already moved it, i will not be able to take that image again wow. um it's so receding, it's it's it, it's receding yeah it's receding massively and even even the one with the um uh there's a dive board if you go further down into the thing there's a dive board i think the six image down. Um, that's completely, There's it's no longer submerged in water and the water's all the way pretty much close to the to the swing. So mm. it's constantly changing. It's one of those sort of fleeting moments sort of locations, but um, and I can't there's a lot we, of...
2: I mean, when I was there recently, well, when I say recently in America two and a bit, three years ago, um, that was one of the places we talked about going to because I've yeah. seen photos from there and I've seen a documentary and a guy who was a skater guy and he would... Um, find all these urban places to skateboard around, and yeah. salt on the sea, and, and found a um uh, an old uh, swimming pool like like a you know kidney shaped. Oh, pool. the
1: empty ones, yeah.
2: Yeah, and he um there was a bit of s- sort of black sludge, sludgy sort of wood <laughs> in the bottom, and he was trying to clean that out, and, and just so he could skate in this bowl. Yeah. yeah. You know, just, wow. and and the whole place, I was going, oh man, there's so many epic landscapes see you could shoot you know this urban decay and this mm. weirdness like you said it, it, I mean there's people still living there isn't there
1: yeah yeah it's uh, not many but they're <laughs> I don't know what they do for a job to be honest <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. yeah it's 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 just an eerie place but again the desert the desert in, in the US especially in Cali- again California New Mexico if you get away from the main cities it just it, it's just a different world I don't know it, it does stuff to people that just makes them <laughs> makes it very peculiar location
0: do they do they test um nukes in california or was that nevada? they used to
1: mm. project project manhattan i believe was done um it was done in nevada like on the border of nevada and, and california so yeah that mm. california was definitely a big a big spot for that and in fact there is it, it's it's kind of fuzzed fuzzed out on Google Maps or Apple Maps, but there is a location. There's a strip of land where they used to, uh, the bombers used to test sort of how to drop bombs on the ground, I guess. And mm. uh, it's just littered. It looks like the moon. Is that right? This entire valley, uh, which I'd love to be able to fly over, but uh, you you need all this crazy special permission and yeah, all that stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah so. I,
2: mean, that, I mean, you. I mean, America in my mind is probably the the place to be photography mm. if, if you're into any sort of style because you've got you've got so much I mean obviously you get your street stuff you got yeah. your landscapes you got epic landscapes and you've got yeah. all your urban stuff mm. it's 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 a paradise and um, you're lucky to be living there with all that so close to you and I mean you could just get in the car now and zip up there up into the mountains, Death Valley. And Valley and well, and, even
1: California. I mean, don't, don't forget the rest of America. I mean, yeah. just stick to California. You've got the cities in San Diego, Los Angeles, San Francisco, right? And then you have all the desert stuff. You've got your so many national parks and state parks. You've got Joshua yeah. Tree. You've got Death Valley. You've got Yosemite. Um, Mono Lake is not a national, but there's just so much there that you you know you can surf in the morning and you can be skiing in the afternoon. So. Yeah. Mm. The range of, of landscape and um, things that you can be shooting, to your point, is is – I'm not moving from here, put so it that way. You, yeah.
0: <laughs> you're very lucky. We're, we're in a similar situation in Western Australia. We've got uh, Wave, Wave Rock. <laughs> yeah.
2: Don't he's, even. He's you know, a, I'm going to look that up now. Oh uh, yeah, he's um. Cowan is giving us it's it's his Aussie humour. Hey um,
0: um, before we go on, I just want to do. Oh, I love that.
2: I want to see that.
1: That I, I know about that. Yeah, that looks yeah. epic.
0: Yeah. All right, um, step. Listen, listen to this, guys. Here we go. To us. To us. To us. <laughs> what do you think of that,
1: boys? Well, oh, how long? Wait, how long has it been?
0: Well, it's um, we hit a hundred thousand downloads. That's,
1: That's right. Exactly. That is a massive achievement.
2: For us, it is. Jesus, we you know,
0: yeah, we haven't had a
2: hundred thousand of anything. I
0: can't believe people. <laughs> Maybe locusts. Kangaroos.
2: Yeah, that's right. I'd probably got a hundred thousand uh, little bugs on my body right now, but
0: <laughs> anyway, that's enough that's... um enough celebrationary stuff. Uh, what else do we have in Western Australia? There's um Wave Rock, Bruce yep. Rock.
2: Yep. Yep. Quinn's Rock. Yep. This is well, rare.
0: I still I still want to go to Shock
1: Bay. Shark Bay? Yeah,
2: yeah. You'd love I Shark mean I throw
1: from an aerial that's freaking epic. And I actually I Google because I do a lot of I spent a lot of time on Google Maps and Apple Maps and whatever. I forgot the actual name of it, but in the South, which is not very descriptive, but the Southwest, there's some amazing salt formations and, you know, salt flats and all that kind of stuff that I'd love to oh, well, I'd love yeah, to. Christian is, more.
0: Christian is your man. He knows all Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get this pandemic over with, and that's just oh, one yeah. of the first places I want to go to. Let's sort it out because
2: um... – and of course, Tony Hewitt would love to uh, take you around as well. He's yeah, he's the man. He's he's taken on the the whole aerial thing. He's like I saw it king, um, in in uh, in Australia now. I mean, he does work probably better than anyone else. And um mm. and and yeah, you know that's that's become his thing. He's really gone into that in a big way. So, but, oh, I'd
1: love to. But, I am I'm the first uh, in line. Into
2: a Cessna or something like that, or you know, if if you've got a little bit of extra money to swing on a you know a on a Learjet, that's that's good too. Can't, mm. No, out. I'll
1: take I'll take a Cessna to be honest. I've, I've flown out of so many Cessnas, I'm so used to them now. Um, yeah. They're, they're yeah, great. Yeah, <laughs> that's know,
0: like that's kind of like me see. with with Learjets. Sort of, yeah. Used to it. So many Learjets now. It's um, oh, yeah, another second, bloody Learjet. Lear yep. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, what about you
1: guys, Fletch, What do you what have you been up to? I haven't well, spoken like, to you in some
2: time. Yeah, I'm just um. Like I said, I'm, I'm hanging my new exhibition today. And That's epic. I'm, I'm actually hoping that the girls have got it all finished by the time I walk out. I, I've helped them all with the heavy ones. and then, um, <laughs> But, you know, I, I started off with a, a theme and then, then I started off, then I went to another theme and then I started combining the two themes and then it just became a, a, a free-for-all. And now it's basically a, just a bunch of new work mm. um, but I'm, I'm happy with. I, I, went, I went a bit hard on the framing and, and decided to, spend up big and get some really nice italian handmade frames and stuff hmm. um yeah really really add something extra to the work which is nice hmm. um but yeah no that's that's pretty much it I'm, I'm trying to get some more star wars stuff done because that was been that was like my fun project and that was probably you know partly inspired by you in, in some respects because of you know oh goodness all, all of a sudden it was, you know it, it was a bit harder to do that to you know, and I don't ever do anything that's hard. You know, my, <laughs> you know, do it easy, do it quick, and move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife does call me the monthly man, so I have a an idea. So I don't know how you do these things, and 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 that span over, you know, months, years, what all, and all that. I'm just like. Nah, I'm, well,
1: I've, I'll, 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 I'll let you finish on, on your story but I've got, I've got two really big projects that are going to probably last about two years um, yeah. so I'll, I'll, I'll talk about those but your, Star, Troop, your um, Star Trooper stuff I thought was really honestly one of the most unique kind of concepts and I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that it hasn't been done if it's been done before I haven't seen it be done as well as what you have I, I truly, I'm, I genuinely mean it it was one of the hmm. coolest things that I've seen in a long time it was very unique the locations you chose were just—they were just really epic. So yeah, I, um, well, I wish really, you all the success with that.
2: The good thing about all those is just um, they're all—all all in our little little uh, state, which is kind of nice. So mm. um, just gotta, yeah, I, I've just got to push myself a bit harder. But I'll get this exhibition out of the way and then move on to that and uh, do a bit more of that sort of stuff. But um, mm. tell us about these new projects you got planned.
1: Um. I yeah I've I've partnered up with the Salk Institute, which I'm not sure if you guys are too familiar. Uh, Salk was the gentleman that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, funded the whole polio vaccine. Okay. Uh, and then once that was done, he founded the Salk Institute, which is one of the most advanced bio and um, sort of research institutions in, in the world. Uh, uh, yeah. It's in San Diego, and they yeah. have this incredible building that they actually gave me permission to shoot. It's just it's just It's online. I put it up on my website, but it's a very unique art deco sort of structure where it has this water that's traveling right through the middle of it Mm. and goes to the ocean. But anyway, um, the idea was, you know, I did the telescope and it's obviously that's going to continue, but that's going way out into space. And then I want to sort of combine it with the complete opposite of that, which is to to work with some of the most powerful microscopes in the world. And these guys Mm. just so happen to have two or three of the most powerful microscopes where they can go an insane, insane tiny little nanometers. So mm. being able to work with them on some of the things that they're working on and actually putting, putting a phase one on these microscopes, um, yeah. it's sort of the sort of yin yang of the, tel- the telescope project. But, uh, obviously there's a lot of red tape to get through what I'm being allowed to shoot. We're trying to work the, we want to to work out the right subjects of what would work. Yeah. They were suggesting the, the inner ear, they're actually doing a project right now where they're trying to, for someone that's deaf uh using uh research their whatever drugs that they're actually trying to administer Mm. to actually grow the cilia back in your inner ear so if you're completely deaf they can actually make you hear so kind of doing a before and after of that sort of project and how you can you can photograph the actual cilia of inside your ear itself so that's um, insane that i'm sure that's going to take a while
0: as a project
2: yeah, um, well, if you need a subject, Karman's—you know—he's probably got interesting years to
0: to photograph. <laughs> <laughs> I tell, I'll tell you what—all all jokes aside, you know—I've been a DJ for quite a few years. and I've just got no hearing left. And <laughs> oh, yeah. I want to so photograph of mine. That's uh, <laughs> that, yeah, fine fix him, with that. They—they they might have an answer for you.
2: <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. And what about it? What's the other one? The other one, I think, is still
1: one that I—I might have mentioned to you guys in the past, but it still hasn't really progressed again because of COVID, and I can't that they're not open to, to to doing it right now until it's a little bit safer, which is working with the San um, the St. Louis Botanical Garden. Ah yes, uh, yeah and, oh, and right. photographing those incredible plants that are one of ones and as well as they have one of the largest Darwin collections of um, flora that he actually brought back on the Beagle. Yeah. So being able to do that and shooting it in a I have a, a unique way of trying to present it, which again I'm sure is going to take a lot of weeks, if not months of testing.
0: How do you do this? I mean, you, you're photographing, <laughs> uh, you know, archival stuff from Charles Darwin. I mean, how do you get these ridiculously grandiose projects? This is amazing. Um,
1: I, I think I'm just a I'm just a naturally curious person, so I do a lot of research on what a particular place is doing, or I, I track them, or I follow them, or I and I sort of either I get lucky or it just so happens that it's something that I'm particularly interested in and I go, okay, who, who can help me make this happen? Um, so it's, it it can either come to me sometimes randomly or it's something that I'm very passionate about that I then pursue. Um, and I get, and honestly, I get rejected all the bloody time. It's, it's, (laughs) it's, it's, it's it's frustrating, but it's, you know, it's expected. It's part of, it's part of the game. Um, Mm. but if you have a unique way of, discussing your project so you can sort of convey to someone that's not a photographer or not a visual person, that's a scientist, for example, that this is what you're trying to do and it's going to look amazing. and This yes. is why it's going to be different than someone else shooting it. Then, then it piques their interest and there's, it's easier for them to then kind of connect you with the right people. And then ultimately it, it sort of comes together, but sometimes it can be a day and sometimes it can last a year or two years, you know, yeah. um,
2: so with the, um, the, the, botanicals that you're going to do, I imagine you're going to, um, like focus stack of 300,000 images of these <laughs> to, get, to get detail everywhere, would that, well, be, would that be accurate or, cause you're not just going to go there and take a photo
1: of the plant and just. Absolutely not. You know me better than that. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, what I'm, I think one of the things that we're, we're trying to do is actually trying to shoot. I'm trying to envision how the plant's going to look on multiple different levels, depending on who's looking at it. So this is what the plant's going to look like as a human, the way a human would see it. Yeah. And then I want to see, I want to find out this particular plant gets pollinated only by this particular insect. Well, I want to know what spectrum of light that insect looks at. What is that? What is that nanometer? And then I want to match that with a with a way of shooting it, such that I then present that this is what this insect actually look, sees the in, the plant as. Jesus. So doing doing that kind of comparison ac- across multiple spectrums of it is is really my my goal. Mm, um, yeah. Human eye is only going to see so much because we don't have the full wavelength. Whereas a lot of plants actually, the way that they're designed, knowing who pollinates them, they're going to you know give they're going to visualize certain things for that particular insect or, or reptile or whatever it is that pollinates them that only they can see yeah. that no one else can see. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm fascinated by that wow. wave wave spectrum to see how that's different compared to what a human sees. Yeah, so that... in, in, short, that's kind of one of the things that I'm trying to work on.
2: Yeah.
0: That's...
1: And it's more, it sounds, it's, it's actually quite complicated. <laughs>
0: Andre, what advice would you give to our listeners that are maybe thinking about taking on, you know, an an insurmountable, seemingly impossible project? Like, how do you, you know, what advice would you give them in terms of who to speak to or or what to do? You know, how, how do they do the stuff you're doing? First of all, just start. Just
1: literally start. Start coming up with an idea. Do you start with something that is dear to you, something that you're particularly interested in because then your enthusiasm is gonna come through a lot more than mm. shooting something that you don't have any connection with, especially when it's a personal project. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's a really key thing. Like what, what makes you tick? And the way that I do it is I always think, I do a ton of research on what's been done before and then I mm. wanna do something that maybe hasn't been done before. It's not mm. always gonna work. Mm. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. A lot, of times I'm, a lot of times I'm maybe just making an incremental jump to something that hasn't been done before. And other times, who knows? Maybe it's never been done before. But mm. the, the big takeaway from that is that you're always learning. you know. Mm. And, I, and I've said this to you on different podcasts that we've done together, mm. and I still believe in it, is even when you make a mistake, you're still going to learn something from it. Mm-hmm. There's, something, there's no way you would have found that unless you tried to do it. Mm. Uh, yeah. Or put yourself in that position to do. So mm. I, I think a lot of people, especially now with, with COVID mm. and there are not many jobs around, um, they're, you know, and m- money is tight. Let's, let's not, you know, not yeah. beat around the bush. It, they're mm. very, they're a lot more cautious. They're, they're more playing the waiting game. And mm. I just want to wait for the market to open up again and then it's all going to happen. But mm. my approach, and, and honestly, I had a bit of a mental crisis myself about which direction I want to go. And ultimately, mm-hmm. We don't have a podcast long enough to discuss that, bit. but ultimately <laughs> what I decided um, was I just, I'm just i just going to go for doing the projects that I really like, mm. doing stuff that's going to be um, helpful for me, for a creative that's never heard of me, and they first go on my website. Are they going to see work that's two years old? Mm. I, I detest that concept. Yeah. You know, I want them to be able to see my progression because um, yeah. you can see it through my work. Obviously, some of my, some of my work is better than others um and then the older stuff that's not as good is going to get taken down as new stuff comes up
2: yeah
1: and then it's just that idea that when it does open up again i have that much more wealth of knowledge of experiences and shoots that i've done that have failed miserably will never see Mm. the light of day right Mm. i've got terabytes of footage of of, of data that's never going to see the light of day Mm. because it's just crap yeah
2: um but you've always learned something from it yeah do you think that you're um you've always been um like a, a confident person do you have you always no absolutely not <laughs> how did you get no, that, at all... is that just from just getting some some runs on the board and and uh, you know having a few things work out or or is it does it come with age or you know because there's a lot of young young guys and girls out there shooting and and they, they do lack that confidence Where, where's where's mm. confidence come from i i don't
1: think i'd call it confidence i think it's just a goal it, it's a goal that i want to achieve for myself yeah. um i think it's important for me to realize my progression mm-hmm. uh, one general rule is i never delete any of my old images unless they're absolutely you know out of way out of focus or press the wrong shutter or whatever yeah. but i will every now and again every three or four months or six months i'll look back on something i shot four or five years ago mm-hmm. and i want to know why did i think back then that was a good shot mm-hmm. because right now it's freaking awful and i would never use it (laughs) so it's your you know it's that mental progression of Mm. training yourself and again that's through doing multiple projects and making mistakes a hundred thousand times so i don't think it's a confidence issue i just think it's it's a desire and a goal and that definitely came from tennis without question you know i'm a competitive person i'm not necessarily i wouldn't call myself a confident person i've got you should have seen me two weeks ago when i was having you know an existence crisis of what am I doing here? Like, you know, nothing's getting better. No one's, there's no work around. We've all been there.
0: Yeah. Andre. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, but would you describe yourself as a good photographer?
1: I'm a a technical photographer.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um,
1: I'll leave it at that. I I don't I don't know I don't know how to answer that question. What what, what does that mean? See that's the thing. What does that mean? Oh, What's mm. a good photographer mean? I you know, yeah. it's am I a good landscape photographer? Am I a good aerial photographer? A product photographer? Auto photographer? Conceptual oh. photographer? Oh. I'd rather be known as someone. I think probably a better way of looking at it is how do I want to be remembered? Right? Because oh. no one's going to be the world's greatest photographer. That doesn't exist. I think I'd rather be remembered as someone that was always looking to create unique images, uh, unique artwork, uh, unique concepts that are shot extremely well and technical, mm. that look real. They're not fake, mm. um, and hopefully help to inspire some people to step outside of their boundaries. Mm. I think that's probably a better way of. I I don't know. I don't know if I'm a good. I don't know what that really means. Mm. I don't
2: know. What about you, Carmen? How do you describe your photography?
0: Uh, well, look, I'm learning, and you, you said before on <laughs> that, um, you know, part of your journey is to make a lot of mistakes, and that's how you become yes. educated. Um, well, mate, I'm pretty highly educated. You could, you <laughs> could, uh, but uh, no, we're still learning. And look, I tell you what, um, from doing this, um, this podcast, like talking to guys like, uh, you know, yourself and and Tony and um just about everybody else we've had on in the last um couple of years um i've just picked up an incredible amount um and each of these podcasts i I listen to about three or four times before we release them we we actually don't edit these or or censor them but i've just you know i want to make sure there's absolutely you know sort of minimal swear words and that sort of stuff so as a consequence (laughs) i'm pretty much brainwashed by everybody that comes on so in terms of um you know photography it's um it's 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 really really helped and um you know i i'm i'm lucky enough that i can i can draw on a lot of our guests um right. you know so if i want to do you know you know some sort of particular style in in, in lightroom or photoshop i can i can sort of recall what you know julianne cost said um yeah. you know Ariels, you know you've you've got tony so it's um it really is a work in progress. And look, I just, you know, I wonder if anybody actually gets to the point where they go, I'm a good photographer.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I think it depends on your personality. To yeah. Be honest. yeah. I think a lot of the, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I can name you and I won't name you, but I can name you 20 photographers that I'll they'll probably tell you they're freaking brilliant, mm. <laughs> you know, but that's just, that's in, in their mind, that's conveying confidence. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I I just don't. Again, for me, I think it's important to to be a, a, a to understand your camera, understand your settings, understand your subject, and understand your composition mm-hmm. and the technique to be able to make your vision come true or mm-hmm. your client's vision. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's that's really what's more important, and I think a lot of people fail in realizing that vision because they're not fully aware of. How to make that vision come true? So mm, they mm, they're mm. too scared of a, of a very complex concept because they don't because they haven't done enough of other projects to then pick up two percent here, three percent here, twenty percent here mm. to then be able to draw on that experience of failure to then go okay, but this is what I need to do for this one. Mm. Mm. You know, when I when I'm in this when I'm in the studio with my assistants. I might have a vision in the end of how I want it to be and I lay it down and I try and draw it out, hmm. but there's a very good chance that it's gonna deviate twenty percent. Hmm. It's not gonna be exactly that. And it's just until you get there and you realize crap, that I wanna do that, but that's not gonna work, is it? We yeah, need to yeah. actually do
0: this. But do you get, yeah. so it's <laughs> is that in your mind like some sort of contingency? Do you sort of think, well, this is you know, we're probably gonna go off the track ten or fifteen percent here? So do you do you allow for an X factor?
1: Yes. You have to. I, there's no other way. Otherwise, you're just going to be beating your head and being stuck in a studio for six hours when you really haven't done anything. Because you're not allowing yourself to break away from that really strict mindset to go, but if I make this tiny change, it's actually going to work a lot better. Mm-hmm. And and I also, the other thing as well that I, I'm not sure if this has been mentioned enough, I can't stress enough the quality of your team that's both your assistance as well as your retoucher and being in mm. constant contact with those guys throughout and mm. understand what they do because yeah. when i when i'm done with the project and i've shot it mm. and i pass it on to my retoucher i don't just i mean this is me personally this is the way that i work and i let the retoucher before i start working with them know up front that mm. this is how i want it to be yeah i don't just let it sit there with them for two three weeks and they do whatever they think needs to be done like I tell them I'm in constant contact with them yeah. to see if they're going in the right direction yeah. not just from my perspective but theirs as well ask them hey do you, do you like the way this is turning out do you think it could be maybe done a little bit like this what do you think about doing mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. Um, so again I think too many people are just strict in their head and they're, they're not allowing to deviate creatively. A little bit mm. well, yeah,
0: my retoucher is absolutely useless. Um, <laughs> Zippy's out <laughs> washing my car at the moment. Um, but, um, yeah, look, I'll, I'll have a chat to him. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Well, how's your retoucher? Is that you, Fletch?
2: <laughs> no, no. I wish it was. I wish it was. But, no, no. Yeah, mine's not so good either at times. He, he kind of goes into little, little, de- little, depression, depressive states and, hmm. and wonders what yeah. mean, in fact, um, yeah, it's funny you should mention that because like when I went, did the star Wars shoot, I've only done one shoot with my characters and, the, and a lot of the others are just bit dropped into different scenes. But that first shoot I did, and um, Cohen came out, he was my lighting guy mm. and
0: um, yeah, you, you, you talk about oh, all right. Goodness me.
2: What's that?
1: A missing, endangered elderly person. We just got an alert on all our phones. and I'll tell
0: you what, Sorry. I got one of those last night. So I that's didn't... on your phone. Yeah, I got one last night. Wow. Yeah. one of those oh, I have never never heard of oh, that bet.
2: before. It's a missing yeah. elderly person.
1: Yeah, I guess it's in the area. They do it they do it per per region or whenever there's a kidnapping or a stolen vehicle that you know. <laughs> I, tell, I you tell you what elderly people get into. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, yeah, out, yeah,
2: it's kidnap kid. kids. It's, Jesus, it's, it's LA, you, you, yeah, it's a it. it's a good, um, good suburb you live in there, mate. But anyway, um, <laughs> back to the uh, the topic, yeah. So, Carmen, he was my assistant, and you talked about having you know, really good, uh, quality team around you. And, um, mm, yeah, so, yeah, so Carmen only dropped the light once, um, you know, <laughs> before I had even taken a shot. Um, yeah, but make it sound really dramatic, make it sound a game. He 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 got the he got he got uh, he got onto it after that and and it was, it was brilliant. But look that shoot, I had these. I'd been out to that location twice uh, at different times of the day just to sort of get an idea. I go, okay, well, I'm going to put a stormtrooper here and one there, and I am going to look down this. And I got there, and mm-hmm. everything went out the door as soon as I got there with the characters. And there was all of a sudden there was five characters looking at me, and then there was. Um, Carwan and there's another guy doing video oh, I'm just gonna do some behind the scenes stuff and I'm starting to freak out and and you talk yeah. about confidence I don't do that sort of stuff so you know i did, I didn't really have the confidence but I managed to to kind of to fudge it um I've got to but- say
0: though you didn't you came you came across as as really confident I, I don't know whether you were just doing meditation techniques, or- <laughs> yeah, but um yeah you seem to be in charge
2: I was fr- well I was freaking out um, a little bit because it was not exactly what I It everything looks different. You put the characters into that scene, all of a sudden it's like, oh, actually they're a bit taller than that that I thought they would be, or that's a bit smaller, or that that's not going to work. That angle's not going to work anymore. And oh, how am I? And anyway, I uh, had a bit of a but that's but
1: that's why. But again, that's why the fluidity in you can scout. In fact, Mm, of course, yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I just had a shoot this past Friday Mm. with a brand new car. It was a new Audi RS6 Avant, beautiful, Mm. whatever, Mm. thousand dollar car. And a really a good friend of mine is a is a famous actor here. I don't know if you guys do. You guys have Animal Kingdom, the TV
2: show? I think so. Have you heard of that? Yeah. He's on he's, that, isn't he? He's, the, he's one he's of the, the lead dog? actors. <laughs> <laughs> he's a German Shepherd.
1: <laughs> no, he's he's Pope. I don't know if you if you watch it, but oh, um. Okay. So I did a I did a shoot with him, and and same thing. I scouted the locations that I was going to go to twice, and there were no cars there. And then day of the shoot, because I'm not closing down streets, and I'm not mm. you know. It's mm. just too much, too much cost and everything involved. Mm. You turn up and it's just not what you first envisioned. Then you do start to panic and you do go, oh, shit, "Shit, this isn't actually going to work." Mm. Um, and you just you need to just be fluid about it. So again, it just goes back to that experience of, "Okay, I can freak out a second. Okay, what are we going to do now? But What's the next step? Yeah. How can
0: I how can I make this better?" How You've still got to get fix- the job so, done, don't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm. Or, or you know, you fail and. You know, yeah, it can just, ruin relationships, and if, if that <laughs> happens when you're with a client, <laughs> on a on a creative job, you can't. If you don't get the shots, you're not going to be used again. So, yeah. might as well start on yeah. freaking out with friends.
2: I, I think that 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 was my only saving grace is that I was just doing this for myself, and and um, and these were Star Wars nerds, and and they were just happy to get dressed up in their costumes and <laughs> stand so it was like, oh, okay, full pressures off. No one, no one has to yep. these mistakes that I made, and. And you know eventually by the time I got home and so um, so did you shoot
1: that? Did you shoot that on the Leica?
2: Ah uh, yes, yeah, yeah, on the Leica. And you did,
1: and you had how many lights did you use for that usually? Just the on one, average, just the one. Oh, just it was the a one line. light setup really?
2: Yep. So what I did is uh, there was a couple where I um I just kept moving the light, kept the scene the same, and just comped different um different yeah. scenes together. So um, there's one there's one image that had three different um shots put together into one, and I lit each one individually. So. It was just um, the probably the easiest way. I've only got I've got a, quite a few lights, but none that have only one that's got a battery in it. <laughs> so, mm. so yeah,
1: that's the that's the tough one, isn't it? They're, yeah, they're yeah, I, I, a that, lot that more expensive and yeah. they don't last that long.
2: Yep. So, um, but I've got this Nan light now, this little um, LED tube, you know, um, and mm, the, that's it has awesome. all these multiple colors. And I've been having some fun with that. And mm. and any any stuff I do with the Star Wars crew now, well, I'll just use a Nan light, you know, in, if I'm if I'm out at night time and um And you just got to
1: you just got to change your color balance in your camera because otherwise yeah, well, the LEDs are a lot all, a lot more blue.
2: Yeah, I've just been you know, all that stuff. I have no idea about. You know, I've just been shooting landscapes. <laughs> that color looks. <laughs> that person's skin's orange. Sure, it's orange, but Donald Trump. It was meant to be orange.
1: For my home studio, I I, I have five lights, and I don't obviously. Don't always use them, but uh, they they each kind of do a specific thing. I have some really massive soft boxes that I have black black edge um, scrims on them. And um, I have a Pico light, which is fantastic for just doing the labels and and really focusing on a small section of it. But uh, in fact, I'm shooting tomorrow McLaren. I got I got hold of an entire brake system for a, for a McLaren 720S. Wow! Yeah. So I have the cross-drill brakes with the caliper and all the pins and everything that makes a brake system. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be shooting that exploding. Wow! But so that's it. going to be. Yeah. Well, it it will look like it's exploding. Oh, okay. um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be. It will be interesting.
2: But... And how, how are you going to make that look like it's exploding? Just like just take all little bits apart and just yeah take it apart and just
1: yeah exactly and just render it make sure that your lighting is consistent throughout um yep. i mean yep. i sketched it out i'm i'm, ex- I'm thinking a two lights set up but maybe three on on one particular piece that is yeah. needs a little bit more just because it's got divots and holes and yeah chunks everywhere so yeah. it just again it just depends on depends on what you're shooting really
0: yeah. is what it comes down to But yeah, um, yeah.
1: That's one of my ten projects,
0: yeah. Andre. We're going to have to uh, wrap it up, mate. Um, yes, sir. Before you go, look. There's um, there's quite a few people in lockdown around the world. Unfortunately, mm. just it is what it is. Um, yeah. Can Can you lend any creative advice? You know, for maybe little projects people can do if they they can't get out of the house. You get your brakes off your car and make them explode. <laughs> <laughs> um, it,
1: I, I think it just really depends. I, The way that i maybe the way that i would think of it is is learn a new technique so if you're not familiar with focus stacking learn what focus stacking is you know go online watch some watch some videos and then literally Mm. just pick anything in your house you know buy a bouquet of flowers and just Mm. focus stack those you know um put put a the only way that you can really learn about it as if you have to put in the time and that's just through your research through understanding your camera settings and then actually just going out and doing it um
2: and then also if, if you're doing focus stacking know that if you're not focus stacking six thousand images not focus <laughs> you're not doing it right yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <that's> right. <laughs>
1: um you know download download the free softwares you, can, you have them for like a month where you can really play with helicon focus for example mm. uh understand how that software works Download Capture One for for a month and, and play with it and understand how that's different to to Lightroom. I think a lot. Of, I think everyone should be using honestly Capture One over Lightroom. It just gives you so much more flexibility. Um, mm. I think it's just it's just honestly with this lockdown, what's been really great at the beginning is that you know I have some time off and I haven't had time off and I can slowly, finally, just slow down a little bit and just veg out. Mm. But that's sort of become I'm just vegging out all the time because I've lost the motivation to do anything. So I think the first thing is just to nip that in the butt and just go out and shoot something, pick something that you want to do. It's around your house. It's around your garden. It's around, you know, get an old toolbox and shoot the tools, you know, Mm. light them properly. Understand lighting. Uh, lighting is crucial. Yeah. Yeah, Lighting no, is no. honestly, it's everything.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I so, mean, you, know, you, got, you got some mole plants in your backyard, uh, Darwin. you could probably photograph theirs, you know. <laughs> there's your, there's your bot- botanical series. <laughs> Just
1: <laughs> photograph a black widow in a Sydney funnel
0: web. Uh, no, 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 have, no. We don't no. have those. We don't have funnel webs yeah, yet. No, no, spiders. No, that's right. You're on the West Coast. Yeah. Yep. Oh, dude. Oh. We don't have funnel webs in WA, is that right? No, we don't know. Oh, today's a great day. I'm glad. All day <laughs> yeah, <though. there's>, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. There's other things
2: that can kill you. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's lots of things. Even a seagull will kill you if you. <laughs> if you no, it's true. Us, I <laughs> it's true. Oh, yeah. Gotta
1: love Australia. I can't believe I still haven't been. It's, it's know, pretty right? incredible. You, really. you
2: would uh, actually. It's not much different to America. Actually, it's pretty simple. It's pretty similar. It's just got less guns. And, uh, but <laughs> oh I'm, my God.
1: Don't honestly. Insane. Don't get me. St- don't get me started on <laughs> yeah, the abortion law that just, that just kicked in into Texas is literally making my blood boil. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah it's terrible <sighs>
2: it's Actually. It, um, yeah. yeah. Cause what 20, 21 year old. Uh, no, What is it? Anyone uh, 21 and over can have a gun um, without a license and without a reason. Just like you can just have one. Oh, in, in
1: Texas. Yeah. You don't need, you don't need training anymore.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So um, or
1: something, something insane like that. Like you, it's- yeah that's right you can't draw. no you can, No, you can have it at like 18. i think it's less
2: well maybe it was 12. it's 12. It's, <laughs> it's
1: honestly honestly like i don't understand why this country's not broken up into different individual countries yeah because it's just yeah. the mentality between sort of center and left and right are just so incredibly different.
0: Yeah, we crazy. You crazy and Dave
2: times. Morrow on a conversation together. There, <laughs> what do you reckon, Cam? <laughs> yeah, right. yep, that'd let's, be, let's let's be, do one of those. Let's do a political one. <laughs> yeah. No, no, let's not. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> we can have our poli- <laughs> political arm of the, of the light-minded. You know, we can call it something else. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. Right. Light, right. We can call
0: it uh light arms-minded. What about right-minded? <laughs> and we'll just all get guns, Fletch. Right-minded.
2: Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll just put a, a gun in our logo and and. uh Yeah, but um, no, it's great. Let's drink
1: drink before we have that podcast. (laughs)
2: Yeah, it'd be fun. (laughs) It'd be be hilarious, but, um, yeah, it's a pretty serious subject. Um, 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 Thanks, mate. Thanks for your time again, Andre. It's always great. No, thank you, guys.
1: anytime I, I love you guys i love working with you and uh yeah, yeah, yeah just
0: keep shooting yeah we love you yeah, too no, we all, it's
2: always an inspiration to both of us to, to listen to what you're up to because it kind of gives us a bit of a kick in the ass to... what well, makes you feel like a bit of a loser <laughs> doesn't it really? really no it does not no it does not <laughs> okay no, and you're doing some great stuff Cameras doing all this pop art stuff at the moment um,
1: I've, I'm I'm following him on Instagram. I love what he's doing.
2: Yeah, sure. He's um he's breaching every <laughs> copyright and trademark. Every, every, yeah, but it's, all, unknown, it's all so artistic that's interpretation. Though, yeah, it's it? yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. You, you're only going to get in trouble if you sell it. So you know, just
0: and that's it. not going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, good stuff.
2: All right, boys. We're well, going to go things. hang on an exhibition.
0: All right. Good around. luck
1: with that. I, I wish you all the best with that, and um, yeah. I, I'd love to see that in person. Sure. Well, I'm gonna, it's
2: all going to be. All, I'm going to do a little video, and it's going to be. A, have a pre sale come up on Thursday, I think, to our database and, and all that. So, nice. you know, it's a, there's some nice ones there. There's a couple there I'm proud of, there's a couple I'm not so proud of, but that's always the way, you know. This is um, the way. And there is a photo of a seagull in there too in the exhibition. <laughs> oh, is there really? Is that the one
0: through the windscreen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My oh, wife likes it. Can't wait to that's see
2: that. The, that's, 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 you know, it's very camera club, but she loves it. She thinks it's awesome. And um, anyway, I, I have to. That's do all it. that matters. Yeah, Got to keep definitely. the wife happy. And I said, "You're gonna buy it. If this doesn't sell, you're buying it." <laughs> but but that, but that means that you're buying it. I, yeah, I, I, that's right. exactly. I've already bought it, mate. I bought the farm. All right, guys. Oh
1: goodness! Thank you so much again for having me. I really appreciate it. And um, right, thank you. yeah, till the next one.
2: Yeah, good stuff. All right, thanks, Andre. Thanks, thanks guys.
1: Have See a good one. You, thanks, Colin.